Hey everyone, welcome to the Life Unplugged podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership? Well, our hope is for you to journey with us through each episode into a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be back together again, Terry and I, here at the Life Unplugged podcast. And uh, this is going to be our part tour. Is that a word? Tour? Yeah, uh, well, go it for is, it. It is today. That's right. And so we have a special guest that we had in our um, last episode that we're going to follow up with it today, uh, with him today, because uh, we went kind of through the the realization of just kind of understanding where we are with technology and how it's impacting individuals, organizations, homes, uh, couples, families. And now we're going to kind of go into some more practical details on how one to protect ourselves and uh, some practical ways to really set up systems um, in how you think and how you're using technology and then to how your systems are set up. And so our special guest is Scott Augenbaum. Scott, I know that you were, you have been part of the FBI for quite some time. I know you just retired in, in nine, or 2018, you said, um, but you started really in 1994 or 1998, actually, uh, and really were promoted in 2003 as a special uh, a special agent uh, kind of working within the, not kind of, you were in the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. in the cyber division. And so I think you've got some insight on this. Um, you also have written a book I would love for everyone to get because it literally is practical, mm-hmm. but it's um, applicable to where we all are today. Uh, it's called The Secret to Cybersecurity, A Simple Plan to Protect Your Family and Business from Cybercrime. And that's from Scott himself who wrote that. And so uh, Scott, it's great to have you back on this episode. It's absolutely great to be back. And as I said last time, I wish we were both in Puerto Rico. Right oh, that's now, right. We well, that's what the last time we were together in person, we were out in the back of uh, the nice hotel that we were out there uh, speaking at different sessions, but we were just kind of relaxing, weren't we? <laughs> that was kind of nice. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a great time, and I'm glad to be here. And just quickly, I spent uh, almost um, half of my 30 year career with the FBI handling cybercrime incidents. Dealt with uh, over a thousand victims, and the thing that really bothered me the most was a majority of them could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a book about that. And as I tell all of my friends, if you're looking to read a good book by an FBI agent who saved the day. Not my book. (laughs) Looking for a a book by an FBI agent who put a lot of bad guys in jail. Not my book. And if you're looking for a tell-all book about the FBI, again, not my book. (laughs) Am am I doing a good job? That's great. You're a great salesperson, buddy. Good job. (laughs) Well, most people go, so why'd you write a book? And I go, I wrote a book because during my dealings with a thousand victims, I realized that almost all of it could have been prevented if people just would have followed some of the practical advice mm-hmm. that I didn't develop this advice. I just realized that these were commonalities 
in all of my victimization. So that's why I wrote a book and that's what I do now. I just, I go around the country or I was going around the country educating people and companies and parents and anyone who would listen. And it really was turned into a passion project of mine. And I was doing what I love, making a living. And I'm so glad that you guys have invited me here today to share with your listeners some practical tips that hopefully can prevent them from becoming the next victim. I love it. Mm, I love great. it. Well, I know that Terry and I, we were a victim at one time of fraud on our account, on our bank account. And it was a pretty, uh, um, we, it's actually been, we actually, there was a couple of times. Yeah. A couple. And one of the times they, I don't know how, but got our pin, which yeah. was freaky. So, I mean, it, it definitely happens. And we've had numerous families reach out to us um, and mention that even in this time of, of um, working with their kids online during the COVID-19 um, lockdown, that they've had some pretty, you know, really not good things come on the screen um, in their, you know, um, on the screen for the like Zoom or Skype or things like that as well. Right, right. So it is a real issue right now, Scott. And that's why you are the man of the hour or the half hour. Uh, because I think it's important for us to really draw from your, your, uh, knowledge on this, because honestly, you know, you, you made, you know, there's a point in your book in chapter two, there's four truths that you go over, um, so that everybody's gonna have to get the book to read it. Uh, but you, your last truth is that the majority of cybercrime can be prevented, uh, if we're aware and we have the right tools and then we implement those tools, you know? So, and, and Scott, I want to dive in first of all, you know, there's, there's some realities where, you know, I, I know like, like my parents and others who are elderly in this world today, they're trying to stay connected, you know, with where the world is going. So they're, they're using technology the best they can, but they're not aware of the ins and outs. So, you know, those who are like us kids, you know, that are adult kids, you know, that have connection and relationship with our parents, you know, how is it that we can even help our parents at this time, you know, that are being taken advantage of? Because a lot of times you know, we hear stories that they are being taken advantage of with their finances online. Oh, yeah. But l l let's even get jump, go back a little bit. Here's what we have to remember. It's the lack of sophistication required by the bad guys that causes all the problems. Because today, all the bad guys need to do from us to steal almost one thing to make our lives miserable. Mm. It's not our name. It's not our date of birth or social security number. It's our password. Mm -hmm. Because let's think about it. What happens if the bad guys steal the password for our bank account? What could they do? Yeah. Yeah, they can transfer money. <laughs> so okay. they, yeah. yeah. What if the bad guys can get access to our QuickBooks account? What can they do? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Or our ring doorbell or our social media. So what ends up happening is it's social engineering, which is done through emails. Mm. The bad guys are sending us emails and they want to trick us into doing something. So let's just go to a quick story. This has just happened a couple of days ago. I have a really good friend of mine and he calls me up and tells me that his parents were tricked out of money. And I'm like, how did that happen? Just think about this. Now we're all home. What are we taking advantage of? Amazon. Yeah. Amazon Prime. Especially our parents. 
you know, I, my mom's not on the internet, so I'm sending her stuff. But all of a sudden, his elderly parents get an email that appears to be from Amazon, and it says, your account has been locked down because of fraud. We need you to take immediate action. What do you think goes through our parents' minds if they're using Amazon and now they're using it to buy groceries? What goes through their uh, mind yeah. when they get that email? That'd be tough. That's all they have right now. You know, they're yeah. a scary place. So in this case, they told these people, your Amazon account has been locked down. What we need you to do is go out to the local either gas station or go to Walgreens and get a $200 uh, gift card for either Best Buy or Amazon or something like that. I believe it was Amazon. So they called them and said, go buy a $200 Amazon card loaded into your account. Give us the number and everything, and then we'll take care of this. That's what you need to do. Wow. And unfortunately, what do you think they did? Yeah. It's a generation that trusts people. Right. Do we need our parents going out during this? Yeah. And the bad guys don't care what's going on. They don't care that they're making our elderly parents risk deaths with the with the virus to go to Walgreens. Right. Or think about this. What ends up happening if you get an email from Amazon today saying that your package has been delayed in shipping. Please click here. Mm. People are going to click. So we need to stop. We need to think. We need to become that human firewall. Yeah. And realize, as I said earlier, email is the attack vector. We need to think before we click. Yeah. And in a situation like this, you need you cannot trust the emails that ask you to do something. So what happens in this situation? You need to log into your Amazon account, not through the email, and see if everything is okay. Yeah, It's the yeah. same thing with your banks, same thing with your credit cards. The bad guys are going to take advantage of us. Let me ask you guys, what other situations do you think today that people are getting emails about on a regular basis? Oh, it's a lot oh, of things. everything. Yeah. yeah from their, their kids to, you know, uh, resources that you need. You know, I know I just got one from Apple. Uh, it looked legit. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden it said uh, that I owed money for, you know, this uh, uh, different accounts I had. And I'm like, I, those automatically get paid. So I shouldn't have a problem with that. I went on to my, you know, my iCloud account and I was fine. You know, it wasn't real. It was a fraud. Um, I didn't open, I didn't click anything on the email, yeah. but it's the reality of what I was facing. Absolutely. Well, after Puerto Rico and hearing you speak, Scott, um, I don't click on anything that comes through the mail or the email, even if it's from like a company that says, hey, 20% off or whatever. I go into the, the web browser and pull it up because I'm afraid that, you know, I'm, I'm just very careful now. Because so many things come in on a daily basis. I probably get oh, sure. 30 emails let, a day. Let me tell you what I'm predicting now. This is Just think about this. We're all home right now. And what are a majority of us waiting for? 
the economic stimulus. Right. So what happens right now? What what is the majority of individuals going to do that are not aware if you get an email that says, hey, we just want to let you know we are about to process your $1,200 stimulus check. However, we're just missing a vital piece of information. Please click on this link. What are people going to do that aren't educated? Right. They're just going to click, yeah. And what about all these loans? I mean, I applied for a disaster loan because my business was cut. Yeah. And I had to provide information. So this is what I want everyone wow. to be really, really careful about. Yeah. When you're getting emails from your kid's school, when you're getting emails from your company, when you're getting emails from the government, or maybe you're getting emails from the CDC, and be really, really careful, especially on social media, because that's where a lot of people are getting their information from. Yeah. So when you're going to get that information in the time of need, that's going to say, hey, in your county, we just want to let you know that three people who went to my son Quinn's school have been confirmed with the disease. I have to stop. I have to take a deep breath. I have to slow down because all the bad guys are doing are the account impersonations, which is phishing. They're using these tools at our just to their advantage. And think about it. We all know not to click think of before we click on an email. Yeah. But what what happens all of a sudden if you get a text message? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't drop our guard for that. No. And and so and they're using people use text messages all the time now for information other than just individual communication with one another. Mm -hmm. Businesses, deliveries, UPS, you know, everybody's using it to give you awareness, you know, or push notifications. Yeah. Let you know what's going on. Yeah. And even to even keeping our where our kids are, you know, Life 360. Uh, a lot of those tools are be they're great ideas of how to keep track of everybody. But Scott, what's the ramification on that? I mean, people are able to hack that and get into uh, to find out where your kids are. How can we prevent that? How can we kind of set ourselves up so that there's a safety there? You know, one is I love how you said we got to be a human firewall, you know, to our technology. We got to use our heads. You know, and think twice before you start clicking things, you know, and before you get into a wormhole of trouble. How is it that we can do or what can we do to set ourselves up for success as individuals, parents, and then even for kids as our older parents, maybe? Oh, sure. The first thing we have to do is we discussed earlier, identify what are your mission critical accounts? What are mission critical accounts? We need to identify whatever we use to communicate with each other. We don't want people to impersonate us on social media or on email. We want to make sure that our financial accounts are all separate. We want to make sure any of our cloud-based accounts, are we storing sensitive information in Dropbox? Mm. Are we using an online uh, resource like QuickBooks? Any of those things. Do we have Internet of Things devices? Do we have ring doorbells or telephone? or telephones and those types of things, or things that we could track 
that's where I go into so much detail in the book because I'm like, we need to identify these mission critical accounts and we can't be one of the individuals because I think 60 to 70 percent of the population is using the same password from multiple platforms. Mm. So if the bad guys steal one password, they're able to rip through all of your accounts. And I've mm. seen that happen on so many occasions where they will steal the bad guy. They will steal one person's email password and that email password. They'll read all the emails and they'll see that that person banks that let's say Bank of America, and the chances are they're using the same password. So we need to have separate passwords. Mm, I love that. And I loved how you, when when I heard you speak, you gave some specifics about what makes a good password as well. Yeah, good passwords, in my opinion, should be a minimum of 12 characters in length and using a special symbol, a number, an uppercase, a lowercase, and that sounds really complicated, but we have to come up and we have to use passphrases. And I talk about that in the book because I created a really simple system within five minutes. You can change all of your passwords by using passphrases that only you know that are related to these accounts. Mm-hmm. So a password could be something for my most sensitive account could be something with my kid and a sport or something so hypothetically from my bank account i could use a my phrase would be my son quinn plays right tackle on the brentwood indians Hmm. number 65 is his number just taking the first letter off of that comes into such a great passphrase it takes a little bit of work but we have to do that and then we have to realize and this kind of frames people. It doesn't matter even if you have a 15-character password. Yeah. What do you think happens if the bad guy steals your 15-character password? They still have it. He, What's that? Yeah, he logs in. And that's why the two-factor authentication is so important. And I'm going to send you some resources on that. Good. This two-factor authentication is a second form of authentication that is tied to either a text message or an authenticator app. And what happens is even if the bad guy steals your username and password, because maybe you clicked on a link or you had password reuse, they cannot get into your account without having this special six digit number that is sent to you. And let me tell you how inconvenient it is. It's as inconvenient as putting your seatbelt on. I'm mm-hmm. sure the first time anyone has ever put on a seatbelt, it became an inconvenient. <laughs> and I then it's that. A, yeah, and now it's a, now it's just as easy as that. And that's the one thing that my my victims didn't have in place. They didn't have two factor authentication. Mm. And it's not that complicated to set up. So you have to identify your mission critical accounts. You have to create good passwords for these accounts. Yeah. And you have to set up the two-factor authentication. And I'll send you some good resources so you can give it to your users. Yeah. Thank it's you. It's a must. And it's free for your personal accounts. Yeah. Well, tie and and thank you because I know when you first said that in Puerto Rico when we were speaking together, uh, we, we we were 
in the back listening to you and we were texting our kids. We're like, Hey, we're changing things right now. You know, this is not going to be the same. We have to actually modify and update some of our own systems, even though we think we're tech savvy, we didn't have some of these basic things in place for ourselves. You know, talk to us is a VPN, a, a good resource for people working, you know, from remote, um, remotely from into their, in their homes, you know, into work, do they need to have kind of like a VPN or can they, is there different ways of doing that so that it kind of breaks down that access for cyber bullies or criminals to get us? You know, a VPN is a virtual private network. And what it does is it keeps your traffic encrypted over the internet. And to be honest, it's really important in certain circumstances. However, if you don't do those three things that I told you to do first, because it, the VPN is not going to keep you safe. Right. VPNs are really good if you're going to go to Starbucks and log into Wi-Fi. Hmm. Everybody is logging in from home these days. Right. And what happens is if the bad guy steals your username and password, he is going to be able to log into your work-based accounts. And that's the thing that I'm telling organizations right now. You need to have two-factor authentication. And unfortunately, less than 10%, and this was a study conducted by, I believe it was G Google and Microsoft said less than 10% of companies are using two-factor authentication. Wow. Now, I have a lot of friends who are former FBI agents who do intrusion response work, and almost 80% of their intrusion response work, which happens when somebody breaks into an account and steals money, it could have been prevented with two-factor authentication. Really? But 80% of their call-outs now are because of that. So remember... You need to do this at home first, because I want everyone to remember a lot of people say, well, it's my company. I don't care. But if they get into your personal bank account and they empty that out, the four truths apply. Yeah. You're probably not getting your money back. And we have to prevent the victimizations before we go out and we spend money on technology yeah. gadgets. Hey, Scott, you know, I know that we, a lot of our financial um, apps and websites, they provide that automatically put you on. I know like we use like different organizations we take payments for it automatically it initiates that. Um, if someone who is at home right now and they're sitting there, is that a common thing that people could click on as an option? Like on their, um, if they're doing banking online or even emails or something, so on and so forth, is it easy to do? If you go into preferences, do you pull it from there? Um, and I know different computers are work different ways, but is that pretty common that you can actually just jump on and put two factor authentic, um, you know, authentication. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, so that you can yeah, apply a, that a lot in the back. <laughs> A lot of the banks are moving to that now. Some banks do not have that. Uh, and that's a choice that people have to make. Uh, right now, my QuickBooks, I take that. Uh, I have the two-factor authentication set up. People take payment by credit cards. Yeah. Okay. The bad guys don't hack into those devices. What do they do? They hack into the website that you have and all they do is they get into the website 
and they just change bank account and routing number from your bank account and routing number to uh, their bank account and routing number or an unwitting uh, co-conspirator, which are mules, which I talk about, which they recruit from all these romance websites and religious websites. They get the, the bad guys get the money. Nobody hacked. Nobody's hacking QuickBooks. Yeah. Nobody's hacking these sites. We're not talking about point of sale cash registers. That's a whole nother topic. But they're getting in. That's why we have to lock down those sites. We have to lock down our emails. I'm going to give you a great website that your users can use that will walk them through every account that they could do this. And I highly recommend it to do it. And you have to do it per account. Okay. It is you just can't log into your computer and set it up on your computer. So you have to go to your Gmail and do it okay. or go to your Outlook or go to LinkedIn and go to Facebook. Is it a pain? Yes, it is yeah. to set up. It's going to take some time. However, it will prevent a majority of these bad things from happening. Yeah. What is that website? Do you know? Can you say it over? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say it slowly. Yeah. It, www.com. Two T W O Factor F A C T O R A U T H dot org. So it's two factor dot org. Great website that really will explain to you which who has it, who doesn't. Great free resource. Awesome. Well, I know that that is something we really made a point of doing uh, to the best of our ability, but that even helps us even further. Um, you know, Scott, if you would, ha you know, just in the last couple of minutes here we have together, um, what would you want to say to the people who are listening? You know, because this is not going away. Our technology is only going to grow and we're going to become even more dependent on technology because just doing business these days, even with COVID-19, it's forcing us to do things online. And I don't think we're going to go back like we were. I think we're going to have to, it's going to be a progressive, you know, work that we're going to actually depend upon technology more than ever before. Um, what would you say to people today, you know, that it would be uh, a word of a, maybe encouragement because man, it, it's pretty grim when you think of this whole situation and our reality. Um, but what could we look forward to is uh, in through your eyes and your perspective? I have to say that if you would listen to my presentation in 2007, it's almost the same presentation from 13 years ago as it is today. Mm -hmm. It is not the lack. It is not the sophistication that it has grown. It is the fact that every 12-year-old and every elderly person, I was going to give a number, but I'm over 50, which I think <laughs> I might be up there. Everyone has access to devices. Mm. And people are, you need to be aware. You need to be aware that the bad guys want to get access to your stuff. You have to realize what is your stuff. Mm -hmm. Realize the bad guys want to steal their stuff. And when they get your stuff, you're not going to get it back. And it's hard to put people in jail. But if you will just improve your cyber hygiene, you could prevent a lot of these bad things from mm, happening. So good. And, if the bad, 
And if the bad guys get your money, you're going to figure it out. You're going to survive. But if the bad guys somehow are able to get access to your young children and cause a rift between the parents and get the kids to send pictures of themselves, those pictures are never, ever coming off the Internet. So parents, we need to make sure we're protecting our kids. We need to make sure that we're protecting our elderly parents. We need to protect each other. And my goal and my passion project is to empower as many people as humanly possible to say, you don't have to be the next victim and you don't have to go out there and spend a lot of money to do it. That's Mm. great. Well said. Well, Scott, thank you for your time and your insight and input. And I really want uh, people to be connecting to your book because it's such a great tool, especially in the world today. And I believe every family should have this book. Uh, It's called The Secret to Cybersecurity, A Simple Plan to Protect Your Family and Business from Cybercrime. We'll have the link in our on the um, podcast that you can actually get that. Uh, Scott, where where would be the best way of getting it for? Is it on Amazon? Is that the best place? Yes, the, uh, the book is on Amazon today. And as I said before, uh, the first 10 people who contact me of your listeners, I will gladly send them a signed copy of my book. That's great. Well, and I know that you said the last episode, so if there's any spots left, get on it. Get an email to him. Uh, what's your email address that you, you gave it last time? So I'm, I'm going to ask again for people to have your email address that they can uh, access you. It's S. Augenbaum, A-U-G-E-N-B-A-U-M dot com. Or you can go to my website, scottaugenbaum.com, where I've been writing a blog. Or you can hit me up on LinkedIn. And I would love to connect with your listeners. And if any of them have any questions, please give me a call. I've been spending a majority of my time uh, trying to catch up on a lawn that I haven't paid attention to for a decade. <laughs> it's nice being retired, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm glad that we're able to interrupt you on your lawn care. And I know you said earlier your nap. You know, it's so why I thought. No, I didn't get a nap today. I'm oh, you didn't get a nap today. <laughs> I love it, Scott. Well, hey, thank you for your time and your your insight, your expertise. It's such a practical issue that we have to deal with and we're going to have to continue to deal with. But I love your passion for people, Mm -hmm. you know, to really help people where they're at in the practical way. So thank you, Scott, for being with us. Yes. And I'm really hoping that this all clears up. Yes. And in a couple of months, I can come out there with Maureen and I. That's right. And we can spend some time with you guys. Uh, we love it. And you know what? And two is we get you out here and speak out here so listeners can come see you in person because you are really funny. You oh, got to listen to. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good. You, you, the stand up thing could also be an option. That's your you night get bored. job. Yeah, your night job. <laughs> That's all I'm trying is the stand-up. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure spending this afternoon with you. Thank you, Scott. And and for all those listeners here today, and if you want more information, you can go to our website at livelifeunplugged.org, or you can go to Terry and I. We have a personal website, or jamesandterrycraft.com. 
we have so many resources on there that could serve you where you're at, uh, but we are thankful that you come to our podcast, and I hope this has been a great resource for you. You can, uh, you can follow us on this and tell others about it, um, but we're thankful that you're here today. And again, thank you, Scott, for being with us, and we will see you next time here at uh, Live Life Unplugged. If you would like to hear more from James and Terry, subscribe to this channel and check out their website at jamesandterrycraft.com or visit livelifeunplugged.org where you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. This podcast is made possible by the generous partnership of Russell Flooring, Miller Waldrop Furniture, Kingdom Works, and Embassy City Church. To support this podcast, please visit livelifeunplugged.org and donate today.